Thank you for visiting the website of the Laurel Heights Church of Christ. The subject is worship. Now, what is your first thought when you hear that word worship? There are two things we should know in the very beginning of any study of this subject. One, worship is to be directed to God. And two, since God is the perfect communicator, everything we believe and do about worship should be governed by what he has communicated in Scripture. I would ask you to consider worship is to be directed to God, and we ought to think of worship as being driven by what God has said not by the culture, not by mainstream denominational religion and trends, not by other churches of Christ, not by issues of personal emotion, preference, or convenience, not by human creed. Everything we believe and do about worship should be governed by one thing, God's Word. And this is comprehended in the words of Christ in John 4, 24. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. When we come together on the first day of the week, for example, our purpose should be to do what God has instructed and in the manner he has instructed. In our prayers and songs, in our communion, giving, and preaching, our purpose should be to do what God instructed in the manner he has instructed from the heart, worshiping in spirit and truth. Maybe what I'm going to do in this recording will help give good biblical perspective to this very important subject. I'm going to talk to you in this recording about what worship is not. Are you ready? What worship is not. Worship is not appeasement. In pagan religion, there is something called appeasement. Maybe you've heard the phrase, appeasing the gods. It goes something like this. The gods are angry with us, the idolater would say. And if the gods stay mad, they will cause a variety of trouble for us here on earth. Maybe bad weather, no good crop. So, for our survival, we must bring gifts to the gods to calm their anger, to pacify them. Idolatrous appeasement offerings, not rooted in the worth of the gods, but in the peace and safety and survival of the idolatrous worshipers. The idea is, if we don't bring these offerings, our lives will be difficult. The superiority, the worth, the glory of the gods is not the premise or motive. Appeasing the gods is work that has to be done to hold the gods back. Now, in the Bible, worshiping God is never presented like this. We worship God because he is worthy. He is the living God, the creator of all things, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We worship God not for our temporal safety, but because He is God, and we were made in His image. Psalms 29 verse 2, Give unto the Lord the glory 
do his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship is all about God. It is about who God is. In worship, we express the reverence and love of our hearts for God the Creator. Hebrews 2 and verse 12 says, In the midst of the church I will sing praise unto thee. So appeasement is a pagan concept, and it finds its driving power in the selfishness of man, not the glory of God. Appeasement involves the perceptions of men about what they want on earth, not what God in heaven deserves. Let us come to worship, seeking to offer to God the praise he deserves, the worship he has commanded, and the zeal and emotion that is the outcome of our knowledge of God from his word. Number two, worship is not a substitute for repentance. Here is another erroneous view, wrong concept of worship. Some may come to a place where people have gathered to worship, guilty of sin, and perhaps without any real deep-seated purpose to change permanently. You practice sin before coming to the assembly. You leave the assembly and return to the practice of sin. But what are you thinking? You think maybe it's not quite so bad if you go to a building for worship. That's wrong thinking. Are you thinking that because you've showed up at a building, it's all right to continue in sin? Do you think worship is some sort of opportunity to gain points with God? And if you gain all these points, you can continue in a lifestyle of sin? If that's your idea, you didn't get that from the scriptures. Worship is not a substitute for repentance. If you get drunk every Saturday night, coming to worship on Sunday doesn't provide any immunity. If you lie and steal throughout the week, coming to a building on Sunday is not the remedy. If you live a worldly life that is only briefly interrupted to go to church once a week, you've missed the point. Worship is not a substitute for repentance. James 1.26, if anyone among you thinks he is religious, but does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. And by the way, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, Jesus said, if there's a conflict, if there is an offense, take care of that before you come to worship. James 4 says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Coming to a building where there's a worship assembly is never a substitute for genuine biblical repentance and the fruit of repentance. Number three, worship is not a spectator sport. Our culture shows a great deal of powerful orientation to something like sports. People will sit for hours watching their favorite team. I've known people who would stay home from worship because of a sore throat and then go to a football stadium in freezing rain and sit on a bench for three hours, eating, cheering, enduring the hardship and pain, 
and they paid $100 for the tickets and $10 for the hot dogs. There is a passion about sports in our society. People are wondering if the athletes are on steroids. I'm wondering what some of the fans are taking. Worship is not a spectator's sport. You are not at a building for worship to watch and see and hear. You should be there to listen and learn to participate. Those of us who lead in worship are not performing. We're leading you in the participation of those things God has ordained for us to do. The Bible says regarding the assembly over and over, let us. It is collective participation in those things God has directed us to do. Let us. Listen to this in Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let us hold fast and consider one another and not forsake worship assemblies. Worship is collective participation in those things God has directed us to do, It is his people assembled doing what he said pleases him. Without that individual participation, genuine worship has not occurred. Number four, worship is not compliance with human creed. First of all, there is no need for men to write out what we should do in worship. God has done that perfectly in his word. There is no need for men to get together and write a liturgy. Why would men come together to write religious law as the acts of worship? Men have no such authority, and God has already written his will on the subject. Religious creed writing, religious legislation finds no sanction in the word of God, is unnecessary, and is forbidden. Jesus said, in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men, Matthew 15, 9. And it was Jesus who said, worship God in spirit and in truth. The truth God has given to govern us in his word. Number five, worship is not about entertainment. The American Heritage Dictionary defines the word entertainment, something that amuses, pleases, or diverts, especially a performance or show. Provided no biblical principle is violated, entertainment, generally speaking, can be legitimate. In our time, we must be careful in our selection of entertainment, but there is such a thing as wholesome entertainment. You have your mind diverted from the stress of your work with music, a movie, sightseeing, recreation, travel, or simply enjoying the company of others. That's legitimate when no sin is involved. But we must make this distinction. Worship and entertainment are not 
the same, very different. When we get one confused with the other, we put ourselves in peril. Worship, as presented in the Bible, is not designed to amuse. It is not presented to us as simply a diversion for our pleasure. In these issues, we are discussing the very definition of worship is at stake. Remember, worship is directed to God. We worship God because He is worthy. He is the living God, the creator of all things, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We worship God not for our entertainment, not because we want something to do as a diversion, but because He is God, and we were made in His image. When we worship God, in the manner he has directed in his word, we can know he is glorified, he is pleased, and we are built up and edified by our expression of praise to him and our gratitude toward his son. Remember this, worship is to be directed to God, and since God is the perfect communicator, everything we believe and do about worship should be governed by his word. It was Jesus who said, those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Thank you for listening.